Welcome back to After the Buzzer. My name is Jack, along with my co-host Tyler, and today we are going to do a World Series recap between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. While my Mets missed the playoffs once again, but hopefully new ownership should lead them in the right direction, now I'm going to send it over to the other disappointed New York fan base. Hi, I'm Tyler. I'm the co-host here. And like Jack said, another disappointed New York fan base. My Yanks couldn't beat the pesky Rays. So we're here going over the World Series that did not involve the Yankees, which seems to be an ongoing pattern. Um, so there's not going to be much emotion, but we're going to give it to you, the people, because that's what you guys want to hear. So let's uh, jump right into it, shall we, Jack? Let's do it. Let's jump right in. <laughs> All right. All Game right. one. Game one. Tyler, do you want to oh, take this one? I'll do this one, Jack. Okay. We can't, okay. We can't bore the people. Exactly. We can't, we can't so, wait too long, you know? We can't. That's something we cannot do. All right, game one. Scoreless first three innings. It seemed to be that it could be a pitcher's duel. However, L.A. jumped on Tyler Glass now in the middle innings for six runs combined in the fourth and fifth inning. They added two more in the sixth off Josh Fleming, totaling eight in the middle innings. Now, the Rays tried to rally a comeback, but ultimately it was too late and the Dodgers would go on to win game one in a dominating fashion, winning eight to three and take a, uh, a one nothing series lead. And what many believe, I mean, that showed the Dodgers, Dodgers hitting force. And uh, many thought that, you know, the Rays were uh, in for a tough series. Yeah, agreed. Many after, after this game one in an eight, three win, many thought the Dodgers could just run away with this one and sweep the Rays, but Going on to game two, this proved something quite different. The Rays would come out swinging and go up with a home run to take a one nothing lead. And then they would go on to score five runs in the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings to the Dodgers three to take a 6-3 to three lead. The Dodgers would try to rally, but again, they would come up short, scoring only one in the eighth. And the Rays would take game two, 6-4, to four, evening up the series at one apiece. Big bounce back game for Tampa Bay. Yeah, huge. Um, you know, restore the confidence back in the Rays. This is what the this is the Rays team you saw all playoffs. And uh, at this point now, baseball fans are thinking, hold on a minute. This may not be what we thought it was going to be. Maybe the Rays do have a chance to win this. But like we uh, contradicted ourselves after game one, we're going to do that again after game three. So. The Dodgers dominate the early parts of the game. They go up 5 nothing by the end of the fourth. So as Rays fans, you're thinking, oh boy, this is going to be hard to come back. So that's exactly what happened. They only score one run in the fifth. And uh, not again will they score until the ninth inning. And the Dodgers also score one more in the sixth. So the Dodgers coast their way to victory, winning uh, game three, a total of 6-2. to two. Another dominating performance by pitching and hitting of the Dodgers. And uh, again, they, the Dodgers look like, you know, maybe the series, maybe game two was a fluke. Maybe they could end this in five again. But uh, yeah, a good game overall by the Dodgers. On to game four here, Ryan Yarbrough starts for the Rays, but the Dodgers jumped to him early. 
as he would only go three and a third, giving up two runs. So the Dodgers would take a two nothing lead after three innings. But the Rays bats come alive in the middle innings of this game, scoring seven runs here in the third, stretching from the fourth to the seventh innings. They would tally one in the fourth, one in the fifth, three runs in the sixth, and one in the seventh. Well, the Dodgers did keep it close, scoring one in the fifth, one in the sixth, and two in the seventh. But then they would add the ultimate one in the eighth, taking a seven to six lead. They would stretch that all the way to the ninth inning where an unlikely hero arose. Brett Phillips got the opportunity up at the plate with first and second and two men out. The play happened. It was a line drive out into right center field. Kiermaier rounded third and scored. A Rosarena was going to go for third, but the ball got away from Chris Taylor. A Rosarena tried to score. The throw to the plate, Will Smith couldn't handle it. A Rosarena scored, and the Rays won it 8-7. to An absolutely thrilling finish. I watched this live. I was in awe. I couldn't believe it. Considering a Rosarena stumbled and did a somersault rounding third base, actually it was in the middle of the third base line, and then he got up, was going to go back to third, saw the ball got away, and dove into home. It was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I mean, you kind of touched on everything there. But uh, I think this is one of the craziest endings to a World Series game, I think, maybe ever. Yeah, ever. Um, And, you know, if this was – if there was allowed to be a full sellout crowd – the uh, fans would have been going nuts. They oh they my. didn't know. Oh my! Whether to cheer, they would have cheered at one point, then they would have screamed no at the other, and then two seconds later they would have screamed again. It it was crazy. I mean, the it, even even Dave Roberts, the manager of the uh, Dodgers, it, it, he it, you could tell the video after he was visibly yeah I think I believe he was shouting explicit ex, excuse me explicits. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. It was a nuts ending to a game and uh, a great win by the Rays. Yeah, you see a Rosarena slapping home plate after he dove in. And then you see Dave Roberts throw his hands up in the air and put him over his head. And, oh, just the, the yeah. raw emotion from both sides. Celebratory. You see Brett Phillips running around the field like a madman. You hear him in the postgame interview saying, uh, I'm out of breath. My heart rate is going through the ceiling. I mean, it was absolutely Unbelievable. It, one of the craziest the runnings I've ever seen since the return to play. Yeah. And like, like we were saying too, though, uh, based off the end of that game, that type of win in any sport game can propel your team with an insane amount of momentum. So now again, at this point, people are thinking, hold on, do the Rays come back and maybe go up in this series now. So a crucial game five was next. However, again, the Dodgers get on the pitching early. They score three runs in the first two innings. Uh, however, the Rays strike for two runs in the third, being the only two runs they would score in this game, however. So the Dodgers get insurance in the fifth, leading 4-2. Glass now pitched five innings, giving up four runs, and the bullpen pitched solid four scoreless innings to end the game for the Rays. However, it obviously wasn't enough. Clayton Kershaw went five and two thirds in innings, surrendering two runs to the uh, two runs to the Rays. And then the Dodgers bullpen would pitch three 
uh, and one third scoreless innings. So the Dodgers would win game five, four to two, and go up three two. Yeah, they would go up three to two. They took the critical games in the series. Yep. Three, five, two critical games. Because you can take the series lead in both of those games if it's tied, which it was. It was 1 1 after game two and 2 2 after game four. So the Dodgers really took the critical games of the series. Going up 4 to 2, Kershaw pitched very well in the World Series. You know, having his history of choking in the big moments in the playoffs with everything 2020 has seen, it's another anomaly as Kershaw pitched absolutely fantastic in the playoffs, especially in the World Series. He outdueled Tyler Glasnow in the two matchups they saw against each other yep. in games one and five. But on to game six. Can the Rays take another even game and force the game seven? I'm sure that's what all Rays fans were hoping for. And they got that little glim- glimmer of hope early as in the top of the first, Randy Arena, the postseason hero, hit an opposite field home run to give his Rays a one nothing lead. It was smooth sailing for Tampa Bay all the way to the bottom of the fifth. Blake Snell was pitching masterfully, going five and a thirds with allowing just one hit and nine strikeouts. But Kevin Cash made a very, very shocking move and pulled the plug, bringing in Nick Anderson out of the bullpen, and this led to absolute disaster. Yeah. I mean, this was more, one of the most controversial, you know, coaching decisions uh, maybe in modern sports history. Yeah, this move, really, this move really cost his team the game, if you think about it, because Anderson came in, gave up a wild pitch to let Austin Barnes score. Then on a ground ball to first, Betts scored on a fielder's choice to home. The Dodgers seized the 2-1 lead, and they wouldn't let it go as Mookie Betts hit a solo home run in the bottom of the eighth to give the Dodgers a 3-1 lead. You see his infamous scream as he's rounding first base. He looks up to the sky and just screams in pure joy. The Dodgers would take would lead three to one. They'd shut down the Rays in the ninth as Julio Arias threw strike three called on Willie Adamas. And the Dodgers are 2020 World Series champions winning game six, three to one. They finally did it. They got over the hump. Yes, they did. So uh, great World Series. Glad to see sports come back uh, in these difficult times. And, uh, you know, place a crown on one of the teams. So the Dodgers, obviously well-deserving of that. They've been there countless times in the past. So uh, now we're going to just recap some of the stats for uh, both teams. Let's you do it. start let's, that, Jack? Let's jump into the Dodgers hitters here. And the NLCS and the World Series MVP, who else to start it off with better than Corey Seager, the man who stepped up for the Dodgers in the playoffs I mean, he's only he's on a very small list of players to win the League Championship Series MVP and the World Series MVP. He is the first person to do it since Madison Bumgarner in 2014 after his dominant playoffs. I mean, you have to be on your A game to win back-to-back series MVP. Seager was he batted 400 at a 400 batting average in the World Series. Had a 5.56 on base percentage, a 700 slugging percentage, and an outrageous 12.56 OPS. That is just absurd. He had two home runs and five RBIs in the World Series. He was a big piece in getting the Dodgers that World Series championship. He definitely was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he joins great company in that accomplishment of winning both 
uh, the championship series and the world series MVPs. Um, and another uh, key piece to the Dodgers, this series was Jock Peterson uh, in 10 at bats in the world series. He had two runs, four hits, one home run, three RBIs. Uh, and he batted for the same as Corey Seager, a solid 400. Um, he slugged 700 again, exactly like Corey Seager. And another great OPS, just like Corey Seager in the 1200s, but it was exactly 1200. So another great player there for the Dodgers. In this yeah, series. Jock Peterson really is some, he's a long time Dodger. He's been here for the long haul. I mean, a lot of these players have been around since 2017, their first trip to the World Series out of three in this group. They've made three of the last four World Series. This is their first championship. Peterson was been has been there for all three trips to the World Series, but this time he left a more substantial mark than the other two. He really stepped up in the World Series here, batting 400. I mean, that's another key bat in the Dodger lineup, considering Cody Bellinger had a flat-out horrific World Series at the plate. He, I mean, he batted 136. 136. Yeah. I mean, that is just horrendous, considering the talent that Bellinger has. But Peterson stepped up to the plate. Filled that void of Bellinger's bat missing, and he was another key piece to the yeah, Dodgers. And, win. Uh, an interesting point of Peterson, he actually got uh, traded earlier in the season, but it didn't go through. Is that correct, right? Yes, that was correct. He was going to get traded along with Ross Stripling, I believe, to the Los Angeles Angels, but that trade did not go through. There were circumstances there. I'm not really sure the, in the entire details about what happened, but the trade did not go through. Peterson stayed with the Dodgers and the Dodgers are sure glad that he stayed now because they had that title and he was a big piece. Yeah. And I'm sure Peterson is sure glad he uh, was able to stay too because now he's got a ring. Yes. All right. Uh, you want to do uh, Max Muncy? I will take the pleasure of breaking down Max Muncy's World Series stats. Muncy batted 318, had a 444. Uh, on base, excuse me, not slugging, at a 444 on base percentage, a 500 slugging percentage, and a 944 OPS. Those numbers aren't the greatest, but the one home run and six RBIs, the six RBIs, critical, I believe, led the team. Yes, it was a team high six RBIs for Max Muncy. And when you're batting in runs like that, he averaged one RBI per game, which in the World Series, that's, that's huge. That is a critical piece to it is. your team success yeah and um we'll we'll move on to uh mookie Betts. he gets his second ring uh this time on the other coast of the usa and uh you know mookie he was just a solid player for the dodgers he was that last you know little comfort zone i guess you could say um he was just you know he always played solid he didn't play great he didn't play bad though uh, he batted 269. He had a slugging percentage of 577 and an OPS of 898. So not terrible, not great, but that's the consistent consistency the Dodgers needed. And uh, he was a uh, you know under the radar piece for the Dodgers. Yeah, Betts had two critical home runs in this series. Yeah, bets these stats aren't going to jump off the page, but with his glove, he made 
countless. He made very many critical catches, robbing extra either extra base hits or home runs in these playoffs, not just in the World Series. So while Betts' yeah. numbers at the plate don't go, oh, wow, this guy absolutely dominated, his catches in the outfield saved some critical runs for the Dodgers. So very good two-way player here for Los Angeles. Yep. Now we're going to take a look at the Dodgers pitchers pitching stats in this World Series. And we're going to go to two starters here. We're going to break down Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw, you you know the deal with him. But let's jump into the young gun here, Walker Buehler. Tyler, do you want to take this one or do you want want me? I'll take it. Okay. No, young gun for a young guy. All right. Okay. okay. What, what, What are you trying to call me old? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that was a little dig. Okay. But we'll, we'll let the people decide. All right. So, uh, Walker Bueller, he pitched one game. Uh, he had a 1.5 ERA. Pretty solid in your first uh, – well, no. this Is this his first World Series? No, no it is right? not his first yeah, World his, Series. It's his second. Yes. All right, yeah. So, still, though, solid. I mean, 1.5 ERA, I'll take that any day in the World Series. He had a whip of .067. Some great numbers there. And uh, players who bat against him had an average of 150. So uh, he was he was dominating for the uh, for the Dodgers and didn't get much uh, passed by the race. Yeah, Bueller certainly only started one game, but went out there, got the job done. Dodgers needed that. Let's go on to Clayton Kershaw. The guy finally got his World Series championship well deserving this guy's been arguably the most dominant pitcher of this generation if you look at the stats and break it down but he had two starts in the world series for a 2.31 era again he dueled tyler glasnow the Rays pitcher twice he outdueled him in both of those uh kershaw had a 0.86 whip and allowed hitters just a 179 batting average against. I mean, those numbers are phenomenal. Whip under one, that's always good. Batting average under 200, that is that is great. 2-3-1 ERA, that, that's, again, great stats. Kershaw, great series for a great pitcher. Yep. And uh, we'll jump into another pitcher. Uh, Victor Gonzalez, he got another win for the Dodgers, crucial win. He had a 2.45 ERA. Uh, a whip was a little high, but hey, he won. It was 1.09. And again, though, the average against him was a 1.67. So the Dodgers kept hits to a minimum. They kept runs to a minimum, and that's what you need to win. And that's exactly what Victor Gonzalez did. Yeah, exactly. That 167 batting average against him, very good. And another stat that jumped off the page to me was that he appeared in four games, four of the six games he appeared in, and at that 2.45 ERA, that is quite impressive, putting in that much-needed bullpen work for the Dodgers. Yep. Now let's go to a starter for the Dodgers who, honestly, he appeared out of the bullpen in game six to close it out, but he is a starting pitcher. Julio Arias, he is a young starter. He has had hype prospect hype for years this guy was looked at as the a generational starting pitcher he is phenomenal and he really showed that this regular season and in the postseason he had two games he appeared in two games of the world series one start one save 
Um, he had a 2.57 ERA, a .71 WHIP, which is outstanding, and then he had that 167 batting average, like Victor Gonzalez, Arias. Very critical work. Had a start, pitched in the ninth inning of Game Six, pitched in the clutch, and he pitched very well in the clutch. Dodgers young starter, big piece, pitching on the mound. Um, let's move on here to the Rays. Tyler, are you there? Okay, well, some technical difficulties occurred on after the buzzer. Uh, I lost power, so uh, don't, don't don't take into account that me saying Tyler was there. We lost each other in the Zoom. Uh, we're just going to start back where we were. We finished with Julio Arias. Now we are going to move on to Kenley Jansen's World Series performance. Tyler, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I just guess, I'm just going to say got to love the wrath of uh... – the after effects of hurricanes. Gotta love yeah, it. exactly. Gotta love the effects of bad weather. Yep. Um, Gotta love it. Yeah. All right. So speaking of bad weather, we're going to jump into something very bad. Uh, the Dodgers, Kenley Jansen was absolutely disgusting. Terrible. You could say he lost his power because he was just garbage. Good job. 10. I like that fun there. Point eight ERA. 10.8. Let that sink in. Yes. 10.8. All right. Obviously, there's nothing to talk about there. That is just terrible. Uh, a 2.4 whip. Not good again. And uh, batters batted 375 against him. Almost 400. That's not what you want to see from a former all-star uh, closing pitcher. Uh, just just not just not good at all in the World Series. And he was the he was pitching in that 8-7 victory for the Rays. Am I right? Yes, you are yeah. correct. So, naturally, I mean, it's just just terrible for him. Yeah, Jansen did not pitch to what his capabilities show. Um, now let's move on to the Tampa Bay Rays stats, and we're going to take a look at a postseason legend for the Tampa Bay Rays. Even though they couldn't get the job done in the World Series, this guy's stats are really good, really good. Randy Rosarena had three home runs, four RBIs in the postseason, batted three, uh, excuse me, three home runs, four RBIs in the World Series, at a 364 average, at an on base percentage of 462, slugging percentage of 773, and a 1234 OPS. Those numbers are fantastic. Yeah. And I, it, it feels like, Nearly every game in the postseason, he was breaking some sort of record. So, uh, yeah, overall great performance throughout the whole postseason. And he tried to do as much as he could for the Rays in the World Series, too. Yeah, he really did. Let's move on to another Ray who performed very well at the plate. Kevin Kiermeyer. Kiermeyer not not particularly known for his strong bat, but his bat came out in clutch time. In the World Series, Kiermeyer had two home runs, three RBIs, uh, batted 368, had a 400 on base percentage, a 737 slugging, and a 1137 OPS. Kiermaier, very solid stats to the plate. More known for his glove out in center field. He is a multiple-time goal glover. So Kiermaier's stats at the plate, uh, very encouraging to see moving on to the future for Rays fans. 
Yeah. And uh, another, you know, consistent, good player for the uh, for the Rays, Manuel Margo. Uh, through 19 at-bats, he batted 316, above 300s in the World Series. I mean, really nothing more you could ask for there. He had a 381 uh, OPB on base percentage. Uh, he His slugging percentage is a little low. It was 368, but not the greatest. He did not hit but... any home runs. So Exactly. That's why it would be low. And uh, his OPS was a 749, but not the greatest stats. But, he's again, he's one of those consistent hitters you need on a team to contend for a championship. So exactly. he was he was a constant little backbone for the Rays throughout this series. Yeah, Manuel Margo, just a steady, dependable guy that the Rays could lean on. 316 average, that is amazing. That's a, that's what you want. The consistency was there, played a factor in why, the, in why the Rays hung around in most of these games. Yep. But a thing that did not help them was a lot of the guys in the lineup just did not hit with the consistency you're looking for. Guys like Hunter Renfro and Brandon Lau, 125 averages for both. G-Man Choi, Willie Adamas, who had a great postseason going into the World Series, batted 143. I mean, Austin Meadows batted 188. I mean, a lot of struggling bats in the World Series to the Rays, which ultimately led to them losing because their offense just didn't produce enough. Yeah. All Let's right. move on to the Rays pitching statistics here and what pitchers played a big role in the Rays' success and in the Rays' struggles. All right. Uh, we'll get started with their ace, Blake Snell. Uh, he was, he's obviously their go-to guy, and he was. He pitched phenomenal uh, in both games. Uh, did he? No, he only pitched one. Yes, Snell yeah. only pitched in yo. He pitched. He started two. He started two. Yeah, games. he started two. Yeah. So, both games he did good, and obviously the second one, you guys know what happened. He got pulled after giving up what his first hit of the game, second hit of the game. Yeah, he had I one mean, or two hits way, allowed, nine strikeouts. Was... I mean, he was absolutely dominating this lethal Dodgers lineup, and Kevin Cash makes the move to take him out. Still don't yeah. understand that. So he had a two point seven ERA. Uh, pretty solid there. He had a uh, .8 whip. Pretty solid there, too. And he had the averages. The average that ha- batters hit against him was uh, 118. So, Blake's now obviously the top pitcher uh, for the Rays there. And uh, he showed it throughout this series. Yes, Blake's now very talented pitcher. Um, Going to have a bright future in this league. Ryan Thompson, though, a reliever for the Rays, pitched in three games and didn't give up a run. Had yeah. a .38 whip and a zero batting average. So he appeared in three games, didn't give up a hit, and he didn't give up a run. Now, the work in the pen, I don't know how much he put in. I don't have the innings here. Actually, yes, I do. He went two and two-thirds. And yep. two and two thirds. Hey, I mean that's those, those are some solid appearances. That means he almost almost pitched an inning and outing. So I mean, absolute dominance from Ryan Thompson out of the bullpen for the Rays played a big part in why that bullpen did pitch pretty well against the Dodgers in this series. But let's move on to a, a couple pitchers that 
didn't pitch particularly well. And two pitchers that are quite valuable to this Rays organization, those are Nick Anderson, their closer, and a solid back-end bullpen guy this season, and Tyler Glass, now the starter. Tyler, which one do you want to dive into? How about this? I'll take my guy's name. Tyler Glass now. I mean, he he had uh, some signs of brightness throughout the season, uh, throughout the postseason as well. And then it got to the World Series, and he just was not there. He had a uh, 9.64 ERA, just terrible number uh, you want to see in the World Series. Well, you don't want to see it. Uh, but if you do, you know it's terrible. Uh, he went nine and a third innings in both of the games he started. He lost both. Um so obviously that's not a good outcome the Rays wanted. Um, his whip was not good at all. It was a 1.93. And the average that batters hit against him was a 243. So pretty good there. Um, not for Tyler, but for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, the games he pitched, those were two big vi- victories for the, uh, for the Dodgers. And you could say this was a big piece on why uh, the Rays just – couldn't really uh, get over the uh, the offensive presence of the Dodgers. Yes, Tyler Glass now very disappointing World Series. Um, sure, he would say that as well. And let's go to another disappointing pitcher, Nick Anderson. He was a dependable reliever all season long. This guy comes into the World Series, appears in three games, three innings, has a nine ERA. I mean, what is that? A two point zero zero WHIP. That is not good at all. Allowed a three. The Dodgers batters had a 357 batting average against him. I mean, I mean, these numbers are horrendous. That's like wiffle ball numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're throwing meatballs down the middle of the plate every time. I mean, like, come on, man. Your team needed you in this situation, and you just didn't show up. Yeah. In any of the games. I mean, Especially you're, you're the closer of this team. You're a relate. You're a reliable reliever. And you just didn't get the job done. I mean, I'm still mind-boggled by these stats. 357 batting average. I mean, uh, that's absurd. Looks like uh, Houston Astros numbers when they were banging on the trash cans. <laughs> good, good, good joke there. Um, got it. You got to yeah, throw it in. The Yanks, th- Yanks fans are still salty about that one. Yeah, yeah, I can certainly tell. Um, but yeah, Nick Anderson. Got to be angry about something now, man. Got to be angry. Yeah, <laughs> um, Nick Anderson. Uh, the, these these numbers were just foul, and really yeah. played a big factor into why the Dodgers had some late to had some success in the middle innings and in the late innings of the game. Uh, yeah, and I think that's gonna do it here. Our World Series recap. Certainly an interesting episode. Me cutting out in the middle due to the yep. due to the power outage. Um, the brief power outage and. Some some great recaps hey, of the games and some you know stat stat We got through it. We did, just like the MLB. Just yeah, just honestly, this episode is relatable to the MLB season. Exactly. You know, they, they strung through and uh, you know, they, there may have been a pause, but they came back and they finished. Exactly, exactly. We just came like back this episode and finished. Boom, boom. After the buzzer, episode three, equivalent to the Major League Baseball season. And yep. only fitting that we're talking about baseball that put it in a textbook. What I just exactly. said, log it down, quote it, frame it all over town, 
the legendary quote from Tyler. Yep. Uh, but that that is really going to do it today. Um, after the buzzer episode three World Series recap. Um, yeah. Anything you'd like to add, Tyler? Uh, I'm good. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you around soon. Well, yeah, we will be on the lookout. Announcement though. One more thing before we go. Tyler and I decided that we we took a brief sit down when we were going through our progression for developing this episode. Next episode, we are going to do an episode segment breaking down the current state of every NHL team. We'll do one team or two teams. You know, we'll, we'll figure the exact details out, but we will break down at least one NHL team's current state and how their future is looking for every episode in the future. That is going to be our little specialty segment. Um, yeah. Hopefully you guys are excited about that. But thank you for tuning in for episode three of After the Buzzer World Series recap between the Los Angeles Dodgers and Tampa Bay Rays. The Dodgers are World Series champions. They finally get over the hump and get it done. Uh, We will be keeping track of MLB free agency. And actually, my Mets, the new ownership, Steve Cohen, vote coming out tomorrow, Friday. And I'm, I'm excited about that as a Mets fan, but we will keep MLB free agency in the loop with you guys. Much more exciting things coming in the future for this podcast. Stay tuned. Keep listening. Let this podcast grow into something big. We'll talk to you guys next episode. Peace.